Why should I be frightened of dying? There's no reason for it. You better go sometime. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sam Reed's Near Death Experiences podcast. Hope you're doing well wherever you are. Before we get started today, I just wanted to do a quick little advert for my Patreon page. Um, if you ever want to support the podcast, um, you can head on over there and um, check it out. There are costs associated with with putting this podcast out, and um, I do it because I love it. But if uh, any of you all wanted to support the podcast, um, even if it's just a, a dollar a month or something, that that makes a a big difference in in my ability to to get these out there. And so I just wanted to to say that and to say thank you to those of you who are already supporting the podcast and how much that that helps and and what that means to me because um, I I love doing this and I hope you all love it too. And so and on that note, um, today's episode we are going to be looking at another near-death experience from China, another we- uh, non-Western near-death experience. Um, we did one a few episodes ago that was Ching Guan's near-death experience, and today we are going to be looking at uh, Yi Ming's um, experiences. He actually had two, one where he was poisoned and one where he, um, I guess, had been sleep to sleep-deprived for about two days and, and had some kind of um, incident where he was close to death. And so um, this is translated from Chinese, and so it's, uh, there are some interesting phrases and, and, and ways of, of expressing things, um, but it's, it's fairly, fairly clear. Um, but at, uh, just perhaps limits of what we can... Uh, uh, grasp from the, from the full meaning that that he probably was able to describe um, in in Chinese but uh, it was very interesting and I, I hope you all enjoy it this was uh, taken from the ndrf.org archives it's quite a recent one it's kind of unclear when this occurred uh, he writes that it he kind of has a header where he writes that it was in 2017 um, but that's it's a little bit unclear, but uh, as you will see, this this near death experience is pretty different from what we usually come across, and so I thought that would be um, useful for us to to explore. And so um, I think we can just go ahead and, and get right into it. This is Yi Ming's near death experience. Hi everyone, I am a 30-year-old, ordinary person for what I had experienced something that I am not sure if it was the reality or only an illusion. I had two near-death experiences, so let me share the first one. To protect my own privacy, I am not going to reveal what the cause of my near-death experience was, but it did happen. I was poisoned and lost consciousness. It became difficult to breathe, my mind was hazy, and blood flow was still, 
and my whole body was cold. Though I felt nothing of my chronic shoulder and spine pains that bothered me for years, and I was at ease. It felt like I had lost five senses. Then after, without knowing how long had passed, I felt I was floating up in the air without seeing anything. It seemed like I was engulfed and flying in a black hole. I was unemotional, immobile, and mute. Not knowing how long I had been flying, then there were pictures appeared in front of me from my adult to childhood, and it sped up fast until I saw some unfamiliar pictures. Finally, I reached the universe where there are galaxies and unknown stars. Suddenly, I felt a heavy pull downward back to the black hole prior. I felt myself like a meteor in full speed moving towards the ground. Vaguely, I knew I was above the ground and saw lights were flickering, for I fell down in such a high speed that everything seemed to be blurry. Then I was blackout, stomach nauseating and body shivering. I heard a woman yelling, He is responding, he is back. Later I found out I was resuscitated at the hospital, and the sensation of stomach ache was due to tracheal intubation and stomach pumping as well. Gradually I regained consciousness from the verge of death, and my body and mind were exhausted. It took several days for me to recuperate from this state. My second NDE was initiated in an internet bar while playing video games. I had been playing the games for two days straight. I was doing too much of it and felt fatigued. Around 11 o'clock, I laid back on a chair and half closed my eyes to take a break. Then suddenly I lost body sensations. It felt great though. The familiarity of the blood flow cessation occurred again. However, this time I got a feeling that I was pulled out of my body by an unknown force. It became so dark that I could see nothing, yet I could hear people's thoughts from far away. I was shaken by my friend next to me and he asked, What happened to you? His voice was amplified as loud as thunder and I could feel his uneasiness and fear. I also felt people in this place playing video games. Some are happy, others are sad or angry. I heard the keyboard stroke sounds while they played the games. I could even clearly hear cars honking from outside. I was so afraid that I was dying. Although I could see nothing, I sensed there were two human-shaped silhouettes in front of me. One of them was extremely dark, who merged into the dark surroundings, and the other emitted red light that looked like a pale red lantern in the night. I felt the red silhouette was not he, because the voices were feminine. Finally, I resumed consciousness, and it felt like I was stuck back to my body. Feeling exceedingly worn out and stiffness, so my friends asked, What happened to you? I thought he would not understand what I had been through, so I decided not telling him the truth. I felt horrible and went home hastily. 
They are legitimate experiences that I had undergone. I am not going after fame and fortune. Instead, I only wanted to vent, so I would feel better because I dared not tell this to my friends and family due to they will think I'm a lunatic. Okay, so that was Yi Ming's near-death experience. Unfortunately, there are no questions listed at the end of this uh, nderf.org report, so we don't have a whole lot of information uh, regarding Yi Ming's beliefs or uh, further information about what he experienced. And there were there were couple reasons, despite us not having a whole lot of context, that I wanted to read this one. For one thing, it is another Chinese, non-Western, near-death experience. Um, and as I've stated many times, one of my goals is to get near-death experiences and read them from around the world, because that can provide us more context and more insight into the variety of the experience of the sacred and what it might look like. And as far as I can tell from doing this for however long I've been doing it, a near-death experience is, is a, a picture of the divine that we can see through the prism of a single individual and it's like through a lens through through their own lens of images and forms and beliefs and and symbols that they've collected throughout their lives things that they've seen and and things that are important to them that that shape whatever this experience is that occurs to them objectively and autonomously and there's always the difficulty of of interpretation for them of of for someone to bring back and and try to capture what it was like in words but each near death experience is, is like a glimpse into infinity but an infinity that is shaped by by a person's given life experience, the, the person's psyche. Um, and so I think it's very important to to look at all the different ways that that can, can play out from, you know, as many different cultures around the world that we can find. And so it's important to, to look at ones that don't necessarily align with any of our particular beliefs or things that we'd want to to happen to us when we die. Dying is an individual experience, if anything. And so it's 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 very fascinating to to be able to have all of these different <laughs> this kind of I don't know, a um, collage of all these different experiences that give us some some idea of what uh, all the different forms that the sacred and the divine can take, even when it is something that is uh, 
not um, not personal or are not personified in any way like like this near death experience. Yiming only has, well, at least in the first experience, only has a very, uh, let's say, natural near-death experience or, or, or one that is not personified in any, there's no particular form. He doesn't communicate with any being. He doesn't see anybody. As far as, as I can tell from what he's written, that he does have a, I guess a familiar feature would be, I suppose, the uh, idea of a tunnel. In this case, he he says he's he's pulled up by a black hole, or he's pulled through a black hole. And this is another reason that I wanted to to read this one is because we had discussed this analogy of the black hole just in the previous episode. Uh, towards the end of Marie-Louise von Franz's chapter, she talks about how how a black hole might be a, a apt metaphor or a good analogy or a symbol for uh, or be symbolic of a what a, uh, what dying or, or being dead might be like of the matter and energy that still exists but is unobservable to uh, the rest of us inside of a black hole. And so I thought it was <laughs> it was very uh, apt that Yi Ming described a, a, a black hole sucking him into this experience. And uh, I would not go f- so far as to say that it was actually a black hole that did it, but like I mentioned in the previous episode, this is where we hit that point where it's hard to know, impossible to know really, what is symbolic and what is physical. And maybe it's a point in these near-death experiences where the symbolic and the physical coincide in some way uh, in an experienceable objective, uh, objective to an audience of one um, sort of way. People tend to interact with their environment in these near-death experiences in, in a way that seems physical, like they can sit down on things and touch things and see things, smell things, all to a, a very unlimited and, and perhaps unhuman degree. But so that blending of the physical and symbolic is, is an interesting one because it clearly seems as though a near-death experience can take any form in, in principle, in theory, um, that it depends on what is provided unconsciously by the experiencer. And so I thought, you know, that's, <laughs> I thought it was, it was appropriate to uh, read this one after having that black hole talk in the previous episode. One thing that was, was interesting is that Yi Ming kind of, he describes a, a gradual, a gradual process of, of going into this state. He, says how his his breathing was difficult and that his, his mind gets kind of hazy and unclear and he he seems to lose his senses and and so there's this sense that he's kind of drifting in a timeless sort of state and then um, then the experience begins and he goes through this black hole and 
he mentions that he was uh, unemotional, immobile, and mute. And unemotional is, is an interesting one. It seems as though it's just a there's no feeling tone to this. It, it, it just kind of is. And that was something that uh, struck me about Chen Guan's near-death experience, the other Chinese near-death experience that we've done a few episodes back. She was hovering above this ocean, and she described this ocean as unemotional, kind of just, just there. And so it seems as though uh, I, I wouldn't, China is a big place, and I wouldn't want to go so far as to to speculate based on only the two that we've read so far. Um, but for whatever reason, this there's not a whole lot of strong emotions present in in this near death experience. Um, and I'd like to keep doing you know Chinese and various other cultural near death experiences to see if. If maybe there is any underlying patterns, but that's not something that I would venture to do as of yet. And again, we don't know. We don't know uh, Yi Ming's religious beliefs. Uh, he does not say. So um, we only have the experience to go on and to try to amplify based on what he's given us to see what we can learn from it. So he does have some kind of life review of sorts. It seems to be more of a uh, continuing with the unemotional comment that he had before. This, It's just a series of pictures of his life. And if he did, he did feel any emotion towards that, he does not describe it. But it seems to speed up uh, or sped up as it went along. Says it says from adulthood to childhood, so perhaps it's going back. Uh, if there is a time aspect to this or a temporal feeling to this, and then he reaches some unfamiliar pictures, which people have seen future events in their near-death experiences, and perhaps that might be um, what some of these unfamiliar pictures could be. And then he says he reaches the universe with galaxies and unknown stars. So this is a very, um, I, I guess, well, I don't know if unusual is, is the right word. for. It's different from other near-death experiences that we usually read. There's no garden, there's no uh, white lights or clouds or, or any kind of uh, heaven-like or afterlife type of realm. This is just a, an experience of the universe of sorts. And then he's su- sucked back. Um, he, he just says back to the black hole that I suppose he went through to get there. I guess it functions as some sort of tunnel or, or the same force of a tunnel um, that we might usually see in a near-death experience. And he seems to be moving very fast uh, back to his body. He says that the lights around him are flickering and blurry, and he he's sucked down to his body. Um, and so then he recovers. He says it takes him a couple days, which I imagine it would. Um, I don't know how 
this began. He says he was poisoned by something, so that's obviously a very serious situation, and I'm, I'm glad that he, he was okay. And then the second near-death experience is very unique uh, situation. He had been playing video games for two straight days and I suppose not slept. So this is this is one where if I had to guess, I would say that he probably had some something related to, to sleep deprivation or some kind of uh, I don't want to say hallucination, but uh, you know when when you haven't slept for two days, there are, you can, there can be a lot of weird things that happen in your experience. But um, what's interesting is that he describes that he he f- had the same sensation that he felt from before. So if he had just had this um, experience of playing video games and and hadn't had the earlier one then I might be more inclined to say that, oh, well, he was he might have been dreaming, you know, that it's kind of a, a gray area. But since he had this experience prior of, of being poisoned and then having this near-death experience, he he seems to to say that it's it was the same feeling um, of being on the verge of death, of his blood flow. Um he said the familiar, familiarity of the blood flow cessation occurred again. So he had that same feeling of of his his blood stopping, I suppose, or his pulse stopping. And this this time, it's 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 a different sort of experience. It's not one of the universe. It's not unemotional as much. He can he can pick up on the feelings and thoughts of of the people around him. Um, And this is something that we sometimes see in in the after effects of near-death experiences, or or even while a near-death experience is going on. For instance, someone dies while on the operating table, they sometimes can report, and they they have a near-death experience. Uh, They can sometimes report that they can hear the thoughts of the doctor or the nurse or, or somebody outside. Um, and then people can also say that they sometimes can have a <laughs> have a good read on people, let's say, um, once they come back from a near-death experience. And that's one of the after effects that is sometimes reported. So he seems to be having the sensation where... Um, He's, he's pulled out of his body by an unknown force, he says. And he, I suppose, doesn't have any, he can't see anything, but, and so he's not floating above the room or, or something like that. But he, he can sense the people around him. And he actually hears, um, hears his friend next to him asking him, well, hey, what's going on? What, what happened to you? And he, he describes his voice as being, I don't know, like something out of a movie or something where it's amplified and and um, quite distant, I suppose. Loud. And so he, he kind of has this collage of these different, it seems like these different uh, sounds and, and feelings from other people and thoughts from other people, the cars honking outside and the clicking of, of people playing games. And he couldn't see anything, but... 
but um, he he says that he's very afraid that he's dying because he's uh, been through it before, I suppose. And so then he's in this darkness, and here we have um, a um, for the first time in his two near the near death experiences the confrontation with something that is other, um, with two beings. Um, two, two beings that have supposedly have their own autonomous consciousness or, or something. Uh, they are, <laughs> they're, they are figures. Um, it's not just the unemotional universe or a life review flowing before him or the sounds of the world going on, but here we have two definite figures that appear to him. One that seems to be cloaked in the darkness in kind of a very very mysterious sort of way. I've just blended in with the dark surroundings, but I suppose you could still see the silhouette of this, this being. And then another one which is has this pale red light uh, coming out of it. Um, and this was this was a, a little bit a little bit confusing. It, it, what I take what he wrote to mean is that one the the dark being that blended in was a male, and the red light being was a female. So what he writes is, I felt the red silhouette was not he because the voices were feminine. I think that might be a translational thing going on, and it's so it's kind of unclear. But it seems as though it seems as though he's he's confronted with a man and a woman. That the man was the dark one, and the woman was the red one. And they don't. Perhaps they spoke to him, but he doesn't mention what they said because he says the voices were feminine. And it's plural there, so it's a little confusing. If if they both were feminine, or he he's pointing out that the red silhouette was not he, uh, quote unquote. So it's a little confusing there. But if I take what he says to mean that there was a couple there, then that would be, I think, very interesting as as a pair of opposites. A uh, a divine couple or a, a syzygy, which is a Greek word for the conjunction of opposites, the union of opposites, which is something that we we often see images in near-death experiences that are symbolic of, of that. And so I just thought that was interesting. And again, there's not a whole lot to to talk about in terms of any wisdom gained or or communication between them. But it is very interesting that in this second near-death state, he meets um, figures, divine, sacred figures. Um, Or perhaps, you know, they they appear to be very dark, but he doesn't mention that they they are evil or demonic in any way. And so I thought this was just a very a very interesting case to to talk about because it is so different from 
from what we usually come across. Usually people see a bright light or are in some beautiful garden um, or in some kind of landscape and talk to a being of light, talk to a um, divine figure, talk to a, a loved one that has passed on. In this case, Yiming see, sees uh, just two dark, dark, dark beings, a, a man and a woman. And so it just goes to show the variety that the experience can take. And because we never know a person's full history, we, we, we can't possibly understand why they see what they see. And we can try to look to mythology and folklore and, and those sorts of things to try to get an idea of perhaps what mankind's what mankind's idea of a, a certain image might be. And I looked for to see if I could find um, this particular set of beings um, anywhere listed. I mean, there are lots of divine twins, divine couples, um, mythological couples, and so that's a very important kind of idea, but I could not find a particular instance of two dark two dark figures with one the woman glowing red perhaps uh, that has something to do with Chinese culture um, I do not know uh, it would be fascinating to find out but that's something that is is pretty deep to get into and and I could not find it just doing a cursory search but um, but yeah, I just I, I wanted to share this one. I know this will be uh, shorter than some of the previous episodes, which some of you all might uh, like a little bit better. But um, I just again, I wanna I wanna show the full breadth of of what a near death experience can be, and um, I hope I hope that's interesting to to you all because I I find it absolutely fascinating. So thank you very much for listening. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you can do it a couple different ways. You can send me an email at samreadsneardeathexperiences at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out the Facebook page. Um, you could get on the Discord um, if you have the Discord app and, and want to chat to me or, or other people, other listeners on there. Um, you can follow the link in the description of this episode. And uh, if you enjoy this uh, podcast, please leave a five-star rating on, on iTunes or any other podcast platform that you're on. And now uh, we will close, as ever, with a quote on death. Okay, so the quote we're going to end with today is not particularly related to the this near-death experience, but I quite liked it, and so I wanted to read it. This is coming from the great Latin poet Horace, and I'm not quite sure exactly where it's coming from or what particular poem it's from, but I think it's compiled in a book that's entitled The Odes of Horace. So um, this is the quote. Pulvis e umbra sumus. We are but dust and shadow. <laughs>